me a baklava. I'm in. All right, uh, on the bottom of your program there, you might see a little question with some lines there that says, you better fill in the blank or else. Uh, and about you, uh, growing up, my parents would often use that general sentence and they would say things like, you better clean your room or else. Uh, you better eat all the food on your plate or else. And I was a bit and still am a little bit of a smart aleck. So then I would always follow up the, que the question with, or what? Like, well, what exactly is like, the, like okay, like, well, what, what's the else here? Uh, and now that I'm a parent, I've actually found myself in that same situation where I'll say, you guys better do this or else, and then they'll call me on it. I'm like, well, I, don't, I don't know if I have like a great consequence. Uh, but we all live, I think, with these different ideas in our head all the time. Or it's like the idea about the voices that regularly play in our head of things that we feel like we better do this or else, and we have some sort of an or else in our mind. Uh, so we're gonna start off interactive, so I'm gonna need you guys to shout out some things as I say these. Of, I'm gonna give you a, here's what you need to do, and some of you, this is what you believe. You believe this is what you should do, and the reason why you believe you should do it is because of some sort of a consequence, some sort of an or else. It might be positive, it might be negative. Be super honest, be raw, go ahead and shout them out. So. You better, graduates, what'd you say? Exercise, all right, all right well, we'll start with that one, yeah. So you better exercise or else, or, or else what? Or else you can't eat cake, all right. <laughs> all right, uh, graduates who just graduate, you better get good grades so that you can get into a good college or else you'll be poor, that's good. You better make sure your house and your yard look super great before people come over or else John will come mow it? I don't know about that. You better, parents, you better make sure that your kids are enrolled in gymnastics, in horse riding lessons, in archery, in piano lessons, and Little League all at the same time or else... <laughs> you guys are good. You better make sure you work a couple extra hours this weekend or else or else you can't afford childcare. That's good. Things get out of control. That's good. You better make sure you get every single email finished and completed or else or else you get a follow-up email. That's good. A lot of us regularly have these voices in our head telling us we better get these things done, and there's a fear in us, or else. Uh, or else I might not succeed. Or else I might get judged. Uh, or else, uh, Or else the wind might take us away. Or else my dad might not be proud of me. Or else the people around me might not be as impressed with me as they might uh, I want them to be. And in general, I mean, all those things aren't bad things to want and want to succeed in and want to do well. But what comes as a problem for some of us 
is that on the other hand, all of us have, we know what healthy habits look like. We know what healthy habits we should be doing. We know what we should be doing for our mental health, for our physical health, for our spiritual health, for our relational health. We know we should be sleeping eight hours a night. We know we should be eating healthy. We know we should be exercising. We know we should take time to pray. We know we should take time to read the Bible. We know we should take a regular date night. We know we should take vacation. We know we should take a Sabbath. Sabbath, but oftentimes we don't do what we know is actually the healthy thing that we should be doing. And the reason why we don't do it is because, or else, uh, why didn't you sleep eight hours? Well, because I had to get all this stuff done. Why'd you have to get all that stuff done? Because if I didn't get it done or else something was going to happen. Uh, why is it that you're so busy and worn out? Because well, I got my kids involved in all this stuff. Well, why do you have your kids involved in all this stuff? Because if they're not involved some sort of a negative consequence might happen. And what we want to talk, we've been talking about the idea of the Sabbath. Uh, the last couple uh, times we've gotten together and in your small groups, some of you practice the Sabbath. Is one of the things that God wants to do is he wants to rewire the way our brains work. And he wants to make sure that who we are, who we think of ourselves, who our identity is, who our purpose is, is not built on, I am successful in life, I feel good about myself as long as I get these things done. God wants to make sure that you know that you are worthwhile, that you are loved, that you are important, just as you are, even if your kids don't succeed as to the whatever you think. Even if you don't succeed in your career as far as you thought that maybe someone told you that you should, uh, even if the grades are a little bit less than what you thought, that right now, as you are, God absolutely loves you. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we practice uh, the Sabbath. Uh, like I said, for the last uh, couple of weeks, we've been talking about the idea of the Sabbath. And the idea of the Sabbath is it's a one day each week that God has given us, it's called a gift that God has given us, where we are supposed to, every single week, every seven days, take one whole day for fun, for rest, for worship, and for feasting. Uh, and the idea behind that, uh, we're going to talk about this at our next live service, is that we're actually doing those things. Uh, we're going to talk about it at our le next live service, that there's a difference between Sabbathing and crashing. Uh, that it's one thing just to like go through the whole week and just work, 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 work as hard as we can, just kind of run ourselves ragged and burn ourselves out. And then we hit a point where it's like, uh, we just like fall on the couch and we watch Netflix and we drink a big glass of wine and we're just like done at the end of it. Uh, there's a place for that sometimes, but that's not the idea of Sabbath. The idea of Sabbath is an intentional time where we are actually resting, where we get done at the end of the day and we're like, Whew, I feel, I feel rested. I feel good. Where we get to the end of the day, I'm like, that was fun. That, did you have, I mean, I, I've never what, smiled, laughed, like that felt good. Uh, that we actually feasted, we're like, woo, that, I feel, that, was, that was good. Uh, and where we feel like I actually really worshiped, like I feel like I spent time with God today. And God has called every single one of us to have a weekly Sabbath. He's actually given us the gift of the Sabbath. Uh, where we find the Sabbath first big in the Bible is in the Ten Commandments, which I think is so cool that in like the commandments, I don't know how you picture who God is, that you know, sometimes people picture God as this like waving finger, you know, here's what you ought to do, you know, uh, you better. And so in the Ten Commandments, God is saying, listen here, you better take a day off. Once a week, relax, fun, feast, 
worship. And many of us have not been in the regular habit of that. And the reason is, is because we're living too busy, too hurried, too hectic, because of something that we feel like we ought to do. That if we actually took a day off, then we might fall behind. And God wants to cure something in us about that. Uh, so uh, where God first talks about the uh, idea of Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments. And who he's giving the Ten Commandments to, a guy named Moses, uh, was giving the Ten Commandments to a group of ex-slaves. And so they had just been, the Israelite people had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And one of the things that God wants to do in the Ten Commandments, especially with the Sabbath, is he's trying to set a new identity. He's trying to reframe the mental map of how they see the world, which is such a big deal. Because so many of us have been taught different things in our life. Uh, our brains have been wired in such a way in life that we believe things are true that aren't really true. Sometimes we believe things about ourselves that are not really true. Sometimes we believe things about other people that are not really true. Sometimes we believe things about other groups of people that are not really true. And so one of the things that God always wants to do is get in our brains and get in our heart and get in our soul and rewire us to say, oh, that's how things really are. Uh, my wife, uh, Ashley, she works with an organization called Vision Trust, and they work with kids in the developing world. And uh, we sponsor a couple kids in a, a village in uh, Guatemala. And one of the things that they do in that village, our project director, uh, Root, she works with a group of kids, and they have what they call a dream factory. Uh, and what they do at the dream factory, it came from a discussion that uh, Root, when she first came to the village, and she was sitting down with the kids, and she would ask them, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And normally you, know, you sit down, you know, and kids would say things like, oh, I want to be a fireman, I want to be a policeman, I want to be a doctor, but not these kids. You would sit down with every single kid and you would ask every little boy, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I'm going to be a farmer or I'm going to make bricks. Well, well yeah, but what, what else do you want to do? Well, I'm, I'm going to make bricks or I'm going to be a farmer because every man they've ever known in their village, that's the only options that they could do. That, that's, if you grew up in that village with those opportunities, that's your only opportunity. You'd ask the little girls, what do you want to do someday when you grow up? Well, I'm going to make tortillas and I'm going to be a mom. Wait, is, but is there anything else? Have you ever thought about being, I have no other pathway was even forward to them. And so what she's trying to do through the Dream Center is try to present other ideas. If you want to be a mom, great. If you want to make tortillas, great. If you want to be a farmer, if you want to make bricks, great. But to open up, rewire part of their brain and say, you have the ability to do anything you want to do. Yeah, you were grown a, grew up in a village with less opportunity yet, but you have the ability to be anything you want to be. And one of the things that God wanted to do is rewire some things that were baked into these slaves as they were sitting there listening to Moses that they believed were true about themselves. And through these commandments, especially through the Sabbath, he wanted them to see, oh, the world is actually quite different. Uh, so we're going to look at uh, Exodus chapter 5 today. I printed as much of it as I could in your programs there, but I couldn't fit it all in there. So there's some Bibles on your on your tables if you guys want to look to those as well. And we are on page 41. I think it was, I put the wrong page number in the program there. But if you want to turn to page 41, Exodus chapter 5. Uh, here's a handful of things that these slaves, these former now freed slaves, here's what they absolutely believed were true. And God's going to try to rewire some stuff in their minds. Uh, starts with this, says afterwards, and this is 
after uh, Moses had been called uh, to go and free his people. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord of Israel says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Here's what I want. Uh, I want to be able to take the people out and I want them to have a festival. I want them to have a day of fun, feasting, rest, worship. Uh, That's the ask. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. That's such a huge question. Uh, Why in the world should we listen to this God? This God who tells us you should take a week off. Okay, wait, that's not what my boss is telling me. Uh, That's not what the rest of culture is telling me. That's not what society is telling me. Why is it that out of all the different voices in my head, why should I listen to this God? Uh, And this is something that we talk about a lot. Is it so much of what God has called us to live, especially how Jesus has called us to live, is incredibly cross is incredibly countercultural. It's very much walking against stream. God is telling us to spend our time. God is telling us to spend our money. God is telling us to make our priorities. God is telling us to treat other people in a way that is completely different oftentimes than how we see the rest of the world. And so if we decide we're going to follow this Jesus, if we're going to follow this God, it's going to cause us to live in a way that is just incredibly different. If you're like, very well might look at us. Hopefully they do look at us and say, why are you doing that? Why are you spending your time like that? And they'll say, well, it's because Jesus told me to. And they will ask, well, who's Jesus? Like, why in the world should you listen? Why should anyone listen to this? And that's a question that you should spend some time wrestling with. Uh, Back on Easter, we talked about the idea that actually most people in the first century didn't listen to the words of Jesus. They didn't do the things that Jesus said until after the resurrection, after they saw Jesus resurrected from the dead. And that was like, oh, he might've actually been serious about that stuff. Uh, He might act, all that stuff he said about being God and therefore we should listen to him. They really took that seriously. Uh, But for Moses, here's why he said that he thought that other people should listen to who this God is. He said, then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Here's who this God is. Here's why you should listen to him. Because we've spent time with him. I've heard his voice. And you look all nice, Pharaoh, and like you seem powerful. And I know you want us to do what you're saying to do. But let me tell you, I had an experience with the living God and see, all, all love, I'm going to go ahead and do what he says to do and not what you said to do. Uh, and we all have to go through that at some point in our life. Uh, so now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us down with plagues or with sword. Uh, so why should you go off and do a festival? Because if you don't, why should you regular practice Sabbath? Because if you don't, God might strike you down with a sword or a plague. Ouch. Uh, that seems a little bit dire, I know, but I do want to make a note about that. Because one of the things that God wants to show us is that the way we live does matter. Uh, our, our actions have consequences. Uh, and you can live in such a way where I don't know if you're going to get hit by a sword or by a plague, but you can definitely live in such a way where you can cause a lot of damage to your body and your physical health. You can definitely live in such a way of hurriedness and craziness where you can cause yourself a lot of mental stress, where you can cause yourself a lot of spiritual, where you can really break down some relationships in your life. And God says, one of the reasons I want you to do this is 
sure, avoid bad things in your life. But one of the things that I would love us to do is to really think on the kind of the positive end of things and say, if I actually did this, again, I was look through these programs here. If I actually, uh, we're going to be in community groups all week long, uh, all summer long. If I actually took the commitment and I got together with a group of people and really got to know them, built deeper relationships, actually shared some of my questions, what would my life be like at the end of the summer? Uh, if I really, if I got my kids involved in with the programs this summer, if I got involved in the family and I, if I really took some time to read some of these books, if I spent regular time to have a weekly Sabbath, what could my life be like? Some of you got a chance uh, a couple Sundays ago. We encouraged all of you to practice the Sabbath, and I hope that many of you got a chance to do that. And I hope that you had a feeling of this was good, this was great, and I want you to imagine. What would it be like if that became a regular routine in your life? Because many of us already know the other end of what it looks like when we don't, when we run ourselves too ragged and too crazy. It goes on. It says, that same day, Pharaoh gave this order to, oh, sorry, back to verse four. But the king of Egypt said to Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look to the people Uh, Look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working. So this is one of the voices that they're hearing is Pharaoh saying, don't stop working. Whatever you do, keep working. You can't afford to stop. You can't afford to take a break. The people are so nervous. Look at all the things we could accomplish. Whatever it is, you need to stop working. And I think that's one of the voices that a lot of us hear in our heads a lot is we think, oh, I, I, I should take a Sabbath, I should take a break. But there's something in our heads that's like, you can't afford to take a break. You can't afford to take a day off. Uh, there was a study back in 2019 uh, that found in that was kind of the last year before the pandemic that the amount of vacation days that Americans didn't use was over 360 million. 360 million vacation days were left on the table because so many people thought, no, just sure, I know they're giving me a vacation day. I know I could have a weekend off. I know I could have a day where I could rest and relax. But I just can't afford to. I just need to keep on working. And it's become a little bit of like a cultural phenomenon for us. Uh, I know some people will uh, use the uh, term grind. That I just, I just, I, just, I, I got my whole life, I just got to grind and grind. You know, Saturday, Friday, I'm never going to stop working. Uh, other people will use the word hustle. I just got every day I got to hustle. I got, you know, I can't afford to slow down. Uh, some people will say things like, you know what? I'm going to sleep when I die. I'm going to rest when I die. But for now, I just, I just can't stop. And one of the things that God wants to rewire in their heads and in our heads is that, yeah, no, Pharaoh's telling you you can't stop. Pharaoh's telling you you can't afford to take a day off. I'm telling you, you can stop. Uh, He goes on. So that same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make them work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to the lies. 
Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, this is what Pharaoh says. I'm not going to give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people, people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, complete the work required for you each day, just as when you had straw. And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelites' overseers that they had appointed, demanding, why haven't you met your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? Then the Israelite overseers went and appealed to Pharaoh. Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are giving no straw, yet we are told, make bricks. Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people. Uh, so I, I, I love all that because I feel like that's so much of like our worlds that we've lived in, especially over the last couple of years is we have some sort of a quota that is set for us. Here's what you need to accomplish. Here's what, here's the kind of grade you should be getting. Here's what you should be getting production wise for your job. Here's what you should be doing for school. And in many ways, especially over the last couple of years, we have been given less than we were before. Life has become even more difficult. Now we still have to do our jobs, but now we have to do them remotely. Uh, we still have to do schoolwork, but now we have to do it virtually. Uh, we still have to accomplish all the tasks at work, but now we have our kids running around because they're doing virtual school. Uh, we have all these uh, deadlines we have to meet at work, but now we have supply, supply, supply chain issues. We have inflation issues. We have all these things that are making life and work and, and accomplishments more difficult than they were before the pandemic. But yet, the quotas stay the same. We need you to get done just as much as you were getting done before. If not, you need to get done even more than you were doing before. And one of the things that God wants to rewire through the idea of the Sabbath is first, I think he wants to ask us, who exactly set this quota? Who is it that told you that you have to accomplish all of this stuff? You have to be a part of all these different activities. Uh, I remember uh, my sister, uh, I have a three-year-old sister, uh, three, she's more than three years old now, she's three years older than me, sister, uh, and they moved to a new town, uh, they moved to a suburb of Chicago, and they had three little kids at the time, and as soon as they moved in, they got bombarded with all their different neighbors and questions, and they were asking the question of, what, so what do your kids do? Like, what, what, what are they a part of? Like, you know, are, they, are they horse riders? Are they in Little League? Are they, you know, in drama? Are they in piano? Like, what, what are all the activities that your kids are a part of? And they weren't really a part of anything. My sister was like, I, I don't know. They, they play? I, they, they, they ride bikes? They I don't know, get muddy? I don't know. They're, they're, they're just kids. Like, we don't really have them involved in anything. And my sister would look around at the groups of people, and, like, all these parents were just, like, running ragged just like driving their kids around to all these different places and all these different activities. And the question that she would ask, well, who, who told you that your kids have to be a part of all that? Who set that quota for you? So many of you, maybe in your jobs, you just feel like you have to work, 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 because you feel like that there's this level that you have to get to, a promotion you have to get to. Who, who told you that you have to accomplish all of that, that you have to get to that level? And what I found, uh, I've been my own boss to some degree for a long time, but from talking to many of you about your jobs and your busyness and how stressed so many of you get, I don't think that there's many great bosses in the world who are looking out for the mental, spiritual, physical health of most of their employees. And most of the time, what bosses will do and what corporations will do and businesses will do is they will always ask for more. 
you need to do more. You need to do more travel. You need to up the production. We need to get more things done. We need to make more money. And so at some point, we have to be the ones to say, yeah, this, this is not sustainable. There's no way that I can meet these quotas, especially with all the other difficulties in the world. You're asking me to do more than any person could rationally do. And instead of waiting for that, we have to be the ones who say, I'm going to draw the line. And I get what makes that so difficult, what we talked about in our last live service, is that that would be super easy if we ever got to the, the finish line and the done point. If we're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to take a day off, and I can do that because all the emails are finally answered and all the projects, and I got all my assignments done. But that's not how real life works. Instead, we have to be the ones to say, yeah, the quota is not done yet. I didn't get everything done, but you know what? I've worked hard this week, and God has given me the gift of a Sabbath. So I am going to take a day, even though everything's not done, even though the quota isn't met yet. Uh, Pharaoh said, and this is what a lot of folks will say to us if we decide that we are going to not get everything done. Pharaoh said, lazy. That's what you are. You're lazy. That's why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. That's why you came to my office and said, you need a day off. That's why you said this is too much to do. This is why you said you need an extension on that. It's because you're lazy. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. I think for many of us, the reason why we're afraid to draw boundaries and maybe just take a day off is we're afraid of being seen as lazy. And I say that that's actually one of my biggest fears is I don't want anyone to ever think that I am lazy. I want people to think that I am. A, so there's a pressure. Uh, there's a, a Harvard study done a couple years ago where they found that the idea of busy has actually become a status symbol. That one of the most frequent things that when you ask someone, hey, how you doing? What's going on in life? One of the most frequent responses people will give is busy. Uh, how was your weekend? It was busy. Uh, how was your summer? Busy. Uh, what do you got going on over the next little bit? Oh, it's busy. And as a part of that is that we want people to see us as like, wow, you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you're moving and shaking. And the idea is like, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Yeah, nothing really. Uh, what'd you do this weekend? I don't know. I sat in a hammock. I don't know. I, I took a nap. Uh, there's something about us that doesn't want to communicate that because we don't want to be seen as lazy. And God wants to rewire that in our head. Uh, I think is it, is it Moses is saying this to a bunch of freed ex-slaves. I think that that whole thing very much plays out in the world in which we live. And sometimes there's a stereotype that people that are in poverty, people that have less uh, privilege, people who have less resources, that there's an idea that somehow they're lazy. That, 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 that's why they're living in those kind of communities. That's why they don't have enough food. That's why they don't have enough resources. It's because if they were working hard like us, then they would have enough. And what many of us have had to rewire our brain to believe is like, no, it's that they haven't been given enough straw. <laughs> they, they haven't been, they, they're, they're having to work just as even harder than so many of us who have more resources, more privilege, and yet they're called to meet the same quota. Uh, and God wants to rewire it. It's not lazy. It's we have to acknowledge the limits of the world in which we live. Uh, and this is how it ends. It says the Israelite overseers realized that they were in trouble when they were told, you were not to reduce the number of bricks required for each day. When they left Pharaoh, 
They found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. Moses returned to the Lord and said, why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people and you have not rescued your people at all. Uh, and we'll end there for a second because I, I love how honest and raw the Bible is because there's all this whole dialogue and in general, it doesn't end all that well. Uh, they have asked for... A, to go off and feast and have this day of, of Sabbath rest, to be able to have this uh, uh, time of festival and rest and fun. And it, they've asked for, to not say this quota is too difficult for us. You're putting too heavy of a burden on us. And Pharaoh didn't respond to it well. It wasn't, oh yeah, no, I totally get that. We'll have you guys do less. Let's, uh, let's let you have your break. It actually got harder. And for many of us, that might very well be the case. If we decide that, you know what? Yeah, I hear all these other voices. I'm going to decide to follow the living God who I've spent some time with, and I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And I am going to stop working. Uh, not all the time. It is all a huge uh, place in life for working hard. But at least one day a week for Sabbath, I'm going to stop even though things aren't done. I'm going to decide to draw boundaries, and I'm not going to try to meet some like mystical quota. If you decide to do that in your life, there might be some consequences. Uh, some people around you might think that you're lazy. Uh, there's a chance uh, that the, the slaves were beaten. There might be some ways in which you're emotionally or somehow other kind of beat down because of that decision. And definitely, if you decide to live this way, you might not meet the quota. Uh, I think of th these slaves uh, most historians believe that in some part, the, the pyramids and some of the amazing buildings in Egypt were built on the backs of slaves. And so if they weren't working as hard as they were, if they weren't being driven, if they weren't being beaten, there's a possibility that some of those amazing places that you can go visit in the world, some of those wonders of the world, they might not have been built. And maybe that would have been okay. Maybe if you don't work as hard as you feel like that you have to, if you don't work those weekends, if you're not uh, staying up till the middle of the night finishing all those emails, you might not go as far in your business as might you would have gone if you would have gotten all that work done. You might not graduate with a 4.0 or a 3.5 or a cum laude or whatever. Uh, you might not, your kids might not succeed in life if they're not as, as, as involved as all these things. Part of what God wants to do is rewire something in our brain to say, but that's not, that's not who you are. That's not what matters. Your, your identity isn't based off of, do those pyramids get built or not? Your identity isn't based off of what level you graduate. Your identity isn't based in how much you accomplish. You can take a day and rest and not accomplish anything. And you are still incredibly worthwhile and loved. You can be completely content in the level that you accomplished and say, but I didn't get to the quota. That's okay. God still loves you right where you are. And God wants to rewire us through Sabbath. And that practice of once a week, taking a day off, where even though things aren't done, we don't do anything and we rest. That even though some things in our life might be a mess, that we intentionally have fun. 
that even though there's troubles in life, we're going to feast anyways. That even though sometimes life can be so distracting, we're going to take specific time just to focus on God. That can rewire those messages in our head that I, I am not what it says on my nameplate. Uh, I am not what my resume says. I am not what my CV says. I, I am not what other people have put titles on me and required me to be. I am who God says that I am. Uh, so I want you to take a few minutes uh, and in your uh, program. Uh, Monica, you can go ahead and come back up. Uh, in your program on the bottom there, uh, there's that question of you better or else. And there's maybe many things you could put in there, but I think a lot of us have at least one big message that we believe. Uh, it might be related to something with our families and our kids. That, you know, we, we better have our kids involved in all this stuff or else and we have some sort of a fear. It might be something with uh, our schooling. Uh, we better, you know, get this extra degree. We better work ourselves silly or else. It might be something with work. Uh, might be something with our houses. Might be something with our yards. Some sort of an accomplishment that we have this thought that we better or else. Take some time to think about that and write it. And then uh, next to there in your program, there's a, a Sabbath prayer. And I want to encourage you just to yourself, after you write that, what you're afraid might not happen, the accomplishment that matters so much to you in your life, take a few minutes and on your own, pray that Sabbath prayer. And then uh, in a few minutes, we'll pray it all together. Uh, but take some time to reflect on that. <laughs> 